Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast, Love Your Future Self. Today's guest is Hannah Van Horn. Hannah is an environmental scientist who works in the state of Florida. We talk about her friendship over the years and how it is for her to be so passionate about something she doesn't have that much control over, like the environment. So if you are someone who is also passionate about the environment, I encourage you to listen to this episode. It might give you some new ideas or give you the ability to forgive yourself every once in a while. Hope you guys enjoy. All right. I'm here today with my good friend, Hannah Van Horn. Hannah, it's so good to see you, first of all. And then second of all, thank you for talking to me. Of course. Um, so we always like to start the show with how we know each other. Hannah and I met at Columbia and we were friends briefly in middle school, but we really became friends at the end of your high school. You were a grade above me and it was your senior year, my junior year. We all came really close friends. We're all part of the duck group. That was previously referred to by Ashley. So Hannah is also another member of the Ducks. Heck yeah. (laughs) Do you want to give like another little background of how we met? How you view our little friendship? Honestly, I don't even remember meeting you. Just like one day you were there and you were just (laughs) a part of my life. And I was really thinking hard about it before this conversation. And I couldn't think of anyone sitting down with me and being like, this is my friend, Blaze. You should meet her too. I just, just one day you were there and we've been vibing ever since. Mm. And I honestly, I usually have a really good memory, uh, but this is an awkward black hole in that. So (laughs) I was like, maybe Blaze can tell me how we met him. I need to clear this mystery up, honestly. Wow. It's good to know how memorable I am in your life. (laughs) It's kind of like my hand. You were just always there and you were meant to be with me. (laughs) Um, I remember us first meeting officially in uh, like I was in seventh grade and you were in eighth grade. I was friends with Katie because we were in library club together and uh, Katie was best friends with you. So I don't even remember library club being a thing. It was a thing that me and Katie did. I don't know what we did. We went to the library and it was like a social group at the local library. And we had like a float in the parade that we would work on. What? Yeah. I don't know why or how I got in this group. Obviously my mom (laughs) probably forced me to do it to be social. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, Katie was also in it and I was friends with Katie in it. So she yeah. was really my wiggle way into this friend group and forever thankful for this wow. friend group. That's really insane. I had no idea. Thank you. <laughs> but I always have loved you. I've always been in love with you. And I still am oh to this gosh. day. Because oh you are just the biggest weirdo. And I love it. Yes. If we're talking about first impressions, probably the first thing that I can remember is just your laugh. You have like a very infamous. True distinguishable laugh that you can like it's that you were that girl like you could hear laughing down the hall you're like oh Hannah's laughing at something I laugh with my whole crazy heart a lot of times so I was talking to Alex and she said the thing she admired about me was how I when we became friends and ever since I've just always been genuinely myself and kind of encouraged people to do the same and I feel like I got a lot of that confidence from being friends with you 
because I feel like yeah you the ducks are like those puzzles I hate to do they're all each and every piece of the duck is like their own personality and weird shape and you can never match it up and it's just so great to have a friend group that everyone is so individual and Mm -hmm. different and weird but we all get together so well and we all bring out that side of each other and I don't think I had that until I met you guys yeah and I think I say this still all this time to this day I don't know how I got so lucky to find this group of people so early on in my life that helped me really develop this no f's given Mm -hmm. sort of personality I think a lot of people find that really late on in life in their 30s but I can just remember in middle school uh, I know we're going to talk about quotes later but I feel like I saw this on some stupid t-shirt, but I really love this quote in middle school, which was, you all laugh because I'm different. I'll laugh because you're the same. And so from the fifth grade or sixth grade, that quote was really just burned into my entire personality. And so I was just kind of no F's given about um, what the popular girls had to say or think of me or what I wanted to wear. In fact, it was almost a challenge. It was like, I want to see people have that like scrunched up look on their face when they interact with me. Like, oh my God, you're so weird. I just got my jollies off on that in middle school. It was almost like I was purposely trying to be an, an outcaster kind of person versus trying to fit in I was like let me be as flashy and exuberant of a person as possible and if I want to bring my stuffed animals on the bus I'm gonna bring my stuffed animals on the bus even if I'm 11 years old and everyone else is worried about kissing boys I'm gonna bring my ty beanie babies on the bus and have a good time See, I think that's like, why you and I vibe so well is I think we're like both like hype squad people for being your true authentic weird yes. self so I think that's why our personalities really mesh is because we're just like, let's get weird, folks, and let's have a good yeah. time about it. It's but such a better way to live. It really <laughs> is. I mean, all of us in high school and middle school go through that phase where we're all figuring ourselves out and we all are yeah. trying to please everyone else. And again, you were never like that. I was like that for some time, but then I also had some sort of realization in middle school like hey I don't want to be like that I'm a weirdo yeah and I would like suppress my sense of humor and I would suppress whatever else I was getting made fun of for and mm-hmm. once I like kind of met you guys uh it just kind of went downhill from there but like uh- yeah 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 no I'm really lucky that I never had um any bullies I would say I know that's been a like problem for some other people um especially like in the grade below me like you're great I feel like you had some pretty mean-spirited people in there um but it was just kind of like yeah that's the weird girl you know and that was that was really all that was like said about me from what I can remember I never really felt like I had any bullies so there wasn't really any opposition to my character I guess uh so maybe that really helped me just keep rolling with what I was doing and allow me to achieve that enlightenment (laughs) at a very at a very young age but I think bullies are given as much power as you give them I'm sure you had plenty of people making fun of you but you just did not care (laughs) 
Yeah, I guess. I, I guess I'm, I'm pretty oblivious to a lot of things. Sometimes I think in some ways that's my greatest gift in life is to just pre be a pretty oblivious person sometimes. And sometimes that meant like my friends stealing stuff out of my lunchbox at lunchtime and me not noticing and receiving those items back a few hours later. Uh, but other times that just allowed me to care not how people were interacting behind my back or whatever. Yeah, and that's such a rare thing to have, especially at that age, like you mentioned before. I remember this year before our season started, I sat down with the girls and we just had like a conversation about mental health and, you know, Mm -hmm. especially in high school and nowadays with social media, your mental health is so, and I mean, even as you get into adulthood, your mental health circulates around who you have in your life. You need these good responses to, and somebody to talk to and it just depends on having that great support system. And we have been, this whole friend group has gotten so, through so much and we have been so solid. We're having Zoom baking sessions together <laughs> during a pandemic. We're still making time for each other, which is incredible. Yeah, there's just something about knowing that there's always going to be a group of people for you to lean on. And even me moving a thousand miles away I still feel really connected to everybody and I know if I ever needed anything I could I could call any one of you in a heartbeat. So I'm just really grateful for that for even kind of leaving and everyone else is still able to interact in person a lot. Well, not really mm-hmm. right now, but before I never really felt out of the group for being so far away. So I'm always like super grateful for that because moving out of state was really difficult for me kind of small fish, big pond, classic scenario. So it was just really good to know that there was always a group of people I could talk to and count on. Yeah, It goes a long way. Even if there was like a time where it's kind of, we were all finding ourselves sort of in college, figuring out who we wanted to be. I'm just still impressed with how devoted to each other as friends. Cause I feel like a lot of people go off to college and say, well, just F these people from high school, like whatever, they're nobody. But I think we're all we're able to recognize the good influence we've had on each other's lives and kind of keep that connection going and always checking in with uh, one another. I think we just have a really genuine, caring group together and we all really support empowering each other as women and as people. And Mm -hmm. I 100% appreciate it all. But I do want to bring up a memory from high school. Do you remember how we used to greet each other in the hall? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about that one. But that was one of them. That's right where my head went. (laughs) Thank God this is an audio format. (laughs) (gasps) No, the other one. That's all all you remember. That's the first thing your mind went to. We would grab each other's forearms and look each other in the eye. Oh my god, yes! We go, brother! (laughs) Yeah, we would just grab each other's forearms and shake it and we'd be like, brother! Brother, brother, yes! Oh my gosh, how could I ever forget? You were my brethren. Brethren. My true bro. See, for the audience who doesn't know how actually weird we were in high school, that was it. 
we would yeah. get each other with forearms I'm solid forearms hands grip. practically on the elbows like <laughs> firm grip given a good shake repeating the words brother 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 over and over again <laughs> and then we would just walk away we'd carry on with yeah day. that was it it was just like yo there's blaze let's get my weird on i know she'll go full weird with me let's do it right now yeah. it was never like is blaze is blaze gonna think this is too weird it was like absolutely not she's gonna really vibe no. with it <laughs> uh i could talk about how much i love you and our friends for literally probably 17 hours yeah same, but same. we should probably get on with things for those of True. you who are not fortunate enough to have solid friends in your life that you can be weird with this is a psa at this moment to attempt to find weirder people in your life and surround yourself with supporting characters who will just make you weirder or maybe you're the weird friend and if you're feeling shy right now just embrace your weird because i guarantee it if you're weird around the right people they will really appreciate it and fly their freak flag with you yeah and they will make you weirder for the better for the better it's all for the better hannah has made me a lot weirder for the better (laughs) it makes it more interesting too right yeah see we can segue right into a few traits we know love and admire about each other that is one of them i have for you you always let that freak flag fly you're so weird and you have no off button but not in an obnoxious way at least in my mind some people may Mm -hmm. find you obnoxious but oh for sure I love every second I spend with you. You always brighten up a room. You have such this magnetism towards you and this like gravitational pull. And I just, I can't help but embrace you every time I see you. I miss you so much. Um, I miss you too. And you're just, you're so gosh darn smart. You got such a big brain, such a big heart and even bigger and talented vocals. Stop it. But you're just so great and I love you. I love you too. I really love our relationship. I love um, how you go out of your way to make people feel supported and loved. I am really bad at initiating contact sometime uh, with people or organizing things with people. So that's something I really appreciate about you. You have no problem setting things up, uh, planning fun things to do. You're not self-conscious at all about just sharing your love with others and going out of your way to be like the person who initiates something. So I definitely really appreciate that about you because I get in my own head a lot of times about, well, people don't really want to talk to me, do they? Um, So that's what I definitely appreciate about you. I love how easy it is for us to just vibe. You're just very open and caring. And like I said earlier, I feel like nothing I've ever done has been too weird for you. So um, I, I love a mirror for weirdness and that's definitely a trait that applies to you. And I don't know, man, you're just my bro. You are my bro. I just, I just don't know anybody else like you. And uh, you know, you got a unique name for a unique person and it just fits so well. It's just like, man, it's Blaze. Like she's just the best. Aw, thanks, Tiana. So there's your gas up love sesh basically the only reason I do this week after week (laughs) is to just listen to why people love me so much maybe eventually you'll be like yeah I've heard everything (laughs) let's talk about you (laughs) yeah but for now I'm just gonna feed my appreciation for myself (laughs) 
Uh, I lost all train of thought just thinking about how great I am. Um, so I think the reason I am such a planner and very persistent on people getting together is because I always have this fear that no one wants to hang out with me. And I know that's not true when it comes to you guys, obviously, but I do that yeah. for every other friend group. I am the coordinator and mm. constantly the one texting like, hey, are we going to be doing this? Like, are we still doing this? Do you still like Yes. Me? Um, but you kind of shared, you sometimes have those feelings too, even though you don't always care about what people think you're like, but do you still love me? Yeah. It's weird because I have no problem like being myself, but I also want people to like me and I'm always concerned about people liking me. So Mm -hmm. I am a bit of a chameleon when it comes to my personality and I kind of, have a tendency to curate it around the people that I'm with and so it's it's like the people I want to spend the most time with are the ones I can be the most unfiltered with and obviously people will filter themselves for professional life and everything so that's like not a big deal but I think at this point the only people I talk to regularly are the ones that I'm like my true raw unfiltered friends with and everyone else I'm just kind of like well I follow your life on social media you know (laughs) yeah I feel like I didn't have a lot of friends growing up so I kind of just try to cling on to whatever relationships I still have and I know Mm -hmm. those people value me and it's just sometimes you know people just don't have that extra communication or take that extra step to reach out and organize something and sometimes you have to be that person but I just find myself in that position more often because I think maybe I'm a little more invested, but who am I to say that? Yeah. I think you've just channeled your insecurity into just a totally different way instead of I'm channeling my insecurity and not reaching out and really fretting about being annoying. You've channeled it into action which seems like a much more productive (laughs) way to spend that because if people say yes that means they want to hang out with you and mystery solved at this point we're all adults and I think we're at a point in our life where we're able to say no to the things that we want to say no to so if people are saying yes that means they want to invest their time with you so I think that's yes, that's true really I never really thought about it that way yeah maybe you know, as a younger person, there's like that social pressure to be nice and hang out with people. But I think at this stage in life um, is a yes, you know, it's, it's a yes to you. It's a yes to continuing your friendship. Um, uh, It's a yes to giving up people's valuable time and space to spend it with you. So, but also I think that wouldn't want to hang out with us. That's my, I don't know. I don't know. We have just a little something, something going on here, that little extra spice. Mm. of life that extra sprinkle we're just the funniest people I know to be honest with you yeah yeah I'm I'm definitely the funniest person I know to me at least Mm -hmm. I agree I concur (laughs) we have just been so much in a conversation that I haven't even introduced what you actually do what you studied so why don't you tell everyone what you studied and what your job is and why I actually am having this conversation with you to some extent Cool, 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 cool. So I have a degree in environmental science with a focus in soil and water sciences. And I currently have a title as an environmental scientist. So really got lucky with 
kind of doing what I set out to do. And I don't work for any public organizations or anything. I actually work in the private sector in consulting, which is not something that was on my radar at all. I really didn't even know it existed. So I'm kind of just been feeling my way out into the job market. But uh, for the longest, longest time, I was really into music and singing and the arts and there's just, I forget who it was, but there's a song about Save the Whales. And I think it was maybe in the 60s or something, they used like whale recordings and they put it in a song. And so there's kind of this like revolution around marine life due to that song. So for the longest time, I was going to like write a hit song about how we're going to save the dolphins or something like that. And that was going to be my way into uh, the environment was through music, using music to like touch people's lives or something. That was like my late night pipe dream. And then one day I just kind of, I don't know what it was, but maybe I heard we talked about it in class or something. She's kind of like, this planet is running out of resources. This planet is running out of water. We're polluting at an excessive rate. And obviously being from the Cleveland area, um, having your river catch on fire and that being kind of like a famous mistake on the lake sort of portion of where you grow up. We know how bad it gets, like how influential people are on the environment. And so I was like, well, maybe instead of trying to save single species, I should just be focusing on the core things that kind of make up this planet. And if I can save their environment, then I can do a whole lot more for like everyone and everything than like just saving dolphins. Because I think I was really keyed in on the dolphin thing because that was my favorite, favorite animal for the longest time. And then in the ninth grade in science class, we watched The Cove, which is about this yearly dolphin slaughter in Taiji, Japan. Uh, where they just lure dolphins into this cove and then murder them and then sell their meat as whale meat, even though it's super toxic because they are apex predators. So, you know, they eat tuna and lots of other fish. So it's like that bioaccumulation thing where the mercury builds up in each single organization or not organization, <laughs> organism, and the dolphins are at the top. So therefore they've got the most bad metals, whereas whales just eat krill or whatever so it's like big thing eating just the small baseline level things versus going up 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 so whale meat is not toxic but dolphin meat is toxic so they're like selling this dolphin meat illegally as whale meat and it's like super bad for people and they're getting poisoned and everything so that's what kind of got me on the dolphin track hardcore and i was like, i really need to do something about this um and then i kind of came to that realization of finding out the water is going to be the number one crisis sort of of this generation of this next sort of few years is water is going to be the biggest issue. And I mean, we grew up next to the largest source of fresh water in the entire world. And we're still effing that up. Like we were given this great gift of beautiful fresh water and we're catching it on fire and just dumping a bunch of crap into it. So it's like, oh my gosh, humans don't know what they need kind of thing. And so that's kind of why I got this focus. And I always loved math and science. So I thought environmental engineering, that's the thing for me. And then I went to college and realized I didn't want to go into engineering. I didn't want to, I guess I didn't have that brain. I thought I had a geometric brain. I don't have a geometric brain. I can't imagine 
building a box just in my mind. So that's when I figured out engineering wasn't for me and just went into studying um, the sciences and kind of the processes of the earth and how that influences kind of everyday aspects of our life. So that's kind of how I got into my field. And as with most things in my life, I just kind of stumble onto a path. I wouldn't say um, like my fiance, Zach, he's one of those people who knew what he wanted to do from the time that he was able to know what that question was. Um, you know, he always wanted to do conservation work. So that's why he got into just studying wildlife conservation. So I've always been very jealous of him because he has this like nailed down direction of what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And I've always just kind of been this person who I just believe in not putting your blinders up, basically, I guess, kind of vibe with water for that reason. I'm a very just go with the flow, find your path, that sort of way. Obviously, I, I go after things really hard, but I just don't exactly know what I want it to be most of the time. So just kind of find myself in things that make the most sense for me at that specific time period and learn what I can as I go and kind of figure out what I do and do not want to do by testing, testing out the water. So another water um, metaphor here, I think you're going to get a lot of those for me today. <laughs> yeah. So now I, as a consultant, do kind of jack of all trades, which I think I like the most. My grandpa likes to call it crossword puzzle knowledge, where you know just a little bit about everything, but not enough about one thing. So I think I'm kind of like a crossword puzzle, jack of all trades sort of person. I want to do a little bit of each thing. So I keep trying something new, it keeps me engaged. I get bored really easily. So I kind of always need like new challenges. And um, that's what consulting has brought me because it's kind of just whatever walks through the door client-wise um, and job-wise, you never really know what you're going to get, at least not at my level because I'm not the one pursuing the work and the contract. So I kind of right now I'm just delegated what projects we have. So I do some work for private citizens, maybe considering buying land to build a single family home on and down from there all the way up to large government organizations like in Florida we have five water management districts that manages kind of how water gets to people and how water affects people so it's more than just drinking water it includes like flood protection and flood warnings and so they they really just keep track of water in every single pathway across the five districts so it's it's like I work from the big state government agencies, kind of down to the local county government. So I get a really wide variety of work coming through. So it keeps me challenged and busy, which I like to be. You're very passionate about the environment. And I think we all are passionate about the environment to some extent, but you know, yeah, there's just as a so much. We're aware of yeah, it. There's just so much information out there. And I'm someone who, you know, I love the earth. I'll recycle. I'm not a vegan or anything, but I don't go mm -hmm. out of my way to, I don't know, be better about those sort of things sometimes. And yeah. sometimes it's just too hard to watch a Nat Geo documentary because it just burns you Oof. on the inside and yes. makes you question life and your purpose. <laughs> so uh, for sure. I think we're a part of this amazing community 
that is earth and somehow happened, which is super crazy. And so I just, I don't know how people can't appreciate the miracle that is being here right now. And um, I just don't understand how, don't want to make it better. (laughs) My dog is sneezing in the background. Uh, I have a dog with chronic itchy allergy issues. So she's currently rolling on the floor in front of me and, and sneezing. It's insane. First of all, to be given an opportunity to live on this planet is a conundrum within itself, but to be part of the species that kind of in control of all of the actions that can happen on this planet and just the decisions we make actively. And different individuals have a different amount of impact depending on, you know, if you're a big CEO or whatever. Mm -hmm. and it's just insane that some people take it so much to heart and live in a van and try to live this zero submission life yeah and others just don't care yeah I don't know I feel bad for people on on every spectrum because I just feel like a lot of people have this anxiety about earth um, Mm -hmm. and what's happening here And so much of it is out of our control. So I think a lot of people channel that into controlling every single action of their life. And kind of this earth guilt, as I call it, say you order a package from like Amazon or something, and it comes in plastic packaging. And you feel bad about it because you've ordered that thing in plastic, but that's not your fault that it came in plastic. You know, like that is the fault of the industry that they're not supporting these renewable options. And so I feel like a lot of people really stress about like, that's the big thing lately is plastic free living. And while I try to cut out a new piece of plastic for my life every year, that's kind of my rolling New Year's resolution is find a plastic free solution. And yeah, well, I could not drink out of a straw every day and that saves 365 straws a year or something. Obviously that adds up, but we have this larger problem, which is the industry, which stop, just stop letting those be options. Essentially it's kind of how I feel about it. And so people try to really form themselves into this eco-conscious way of living and they sacrifice so much of their life. And I mean, for some people that brings them a lot of joy to kind of sacrifice their creature comforts and that brings them a lot of like personal joy and freedom. And so I'm not saying that people shouldn't do that and live their best Rome life. But in other ways, I feel like we all have this kind of existential dread and guilt about every single choice that we're making. So I guess I'm just trying to say, don't be so hard on yourself everybody what you're doing as a person does make contributions but I just think that some people are kind of like killing themselves to bend over backwards to make this climate friendly lifestyle that um I think is kind of like unfair to impose that upon yourself like every bit counts but on a percentage scale it's the processes that are out of our control that we as consumers could come together and, you know, buying power is very important and how you spend your money and what you spend your money on kind of indicates where the markets are at. So I think that's why in some ways, large companies are moving quicker on these things than our government is because they're seeing that there's that hunger for 
sustainability and corporate responsibility. So we have like sneaker companies popping up with recycled foam and, you know, made out of bamboo fiber and all these other things because people are, are hungry for these products, but we're not seeing that regulation passed within our government. But now we have companies volunteering themselves to go in this direction before regulation is ever put in place. So it's it's kind of like, yes, your consumer dollars do really make a difference and these companies are doing it. But if we want to see a long-term trend and shift and change, like we need policy, but it's kind of really, that's really the only thing that's kind of bringing me a little hope right now sometimes is, is that at least in America and I don't know, in most of the countries, uh, money, money talks and people will go where the money is. And mm-hmm. right now the money is in places that are more climate friendly and responsible. So I think that's been a really positive shift and in industry is a lot faster to change on its own when they're going where the money is versus being like dragging their feet on regulations and like fighting them back. So, right. That's just America, wherever the consumers are putting their money, that's the direction they decide to go, because that's all that yes. matters. <laughs> yeah. So while I'd really love to see some policy put in place, uh, I'll, I'll take what I can get. But not every company is going to do that without there being some sort of rules in place. So mm-hmm. I think there definitely needs to be a combination of the two things. So, you know, keep making your individual choices to be better, but also demand better of our government and of the industries that run this country. But some people, again, are just going out of their way. And you're someone who works in this field in such a, you know, Florida's an interesting state to begin with. Yes. How has that impacted you? Have you always been so passionate about the environment? Um, I think I've probably always been a big tree hugger and just not really had the vocabulary for for that essentially like a lot of people in columbia station i grew up with a lot of land so i think that just had something to do with my early development and connection to the earth was that you know i I grew up in a house in the middle of the woods there's just something about being like that quietness in earth that could really quiet my soul i used to just walk around like by myself in the woods if i was like just super bored or just you know needing to find a little peace finding that peace in nature so I just kind of want to make sure that there's some freaking nature for other generations to be able to enjoy because I know that the the peace that it's brought me and I just want there to be a piece of that wildness to lose yourself into for future generations kind of that do unto others what you would want done unto you. And I would like to have some woods left for me. So I'd like to leave some for other people. Just kind of growing up with that personal connection as a young kid to that and kind of realizing later in life, that was kind of unknowingly a shaping force to me. So kind of wanting to preserve that for for other people too, because I do really care a lot about how other people feel. And so if there's anything that's ever brought me a measure of good in life, it's kind of like, I'd want that option to be there for someone else too. I think the thing I get the most working at a golf course with a bunch of, you know, older demographics who are completely content 
at least most of them, the ones I've talked to, they're completely content with leaving the planet however they like. I just don't understand how if something's a slight inconvenience, like chopping water bottles out of your daily routine. My parents still buy cases of water and just grab a plastic bottle whenever they hit the road. And I'm like, it's not, it's just not that inconvenient to take a already pre-bought bottle or a cup or whatever have you, tumbler, fill it with water and hit the road. I don't understand how that's an inconvenience. I, that's like, I know a lot of environmental changes could be really drastic and hard. Like, hey, bike to work instead of driving your car. You know, that would be a really big life change. But if you have a refrigerator that literally has a water filter on it and all you have to do is go press, fill up a bottle, those are the changes I can't really understand. Or, you know, bringing your bags instead of getting plastic bags every single time. Some little things that we could do that I don't really see as inconvenient. And um, before COVID, a lot of these things were a lot easier with like having reusable containers to bring with you to places. That was a lot easier. I have a set of utensils even. So if I ever get takeout, I'll refuse utensils. Yeah. And it used to be a lot easier to just be like, hey, like, I don't want this straw and give it back. But right now we're kind of in like a, whoa, 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 you touched it, it's yours scenario right now. So obviously some of these changes are, are difficult when you're worried about uh, germs and everything. Unfortunately, we have this toxic culture of uh, convenience in America that is kind of our very own unique thing and people can't possibly be bothered with anything (laughs) they cannot we've all convinced ourselves that we're so busy we don't have time I don't understand how people don't have time like have you checked your phone log at the end of the week when it's like hey by the way you're on your phone for six hours today it's like I yeah I have time if I'm able to sit on my phone for six hours a day I, I think I definitely have time to do something that takes me 15 minutes so I think it's like this weird illusion of we have this no time and everything. Oh, it's it's minute rice this and it's one minute that. And it's like we have more time than we really think that we do. And uh, we're just not willing to accept inconvenience. Yeah. So working in the environment is probably not the most inspirational work at times. And someone being so passionate about it, how do you deal with things that are somewhat in control yet out of your control? Um. So I kind of just do the best with what I'm given, essentially. And since I work on, um, I guess in some ways, the opposite side of the government in many ways, sometimes I work for them. So a lot of things really are out of my control. I can't change what the permit criteria are. It's usually like, hey, I'm the government agency. I'm telling you what needs to be fulfilled to meet our requirements. So I'm usually kind of on the opposite end of that, where I'm evaluating something, whether it's a water source or a wetlands, I'm evaluating it using, uh, for instance, for wetlands, using vegetation type and amount. And I'm able to tell you from the uh, community of plants that are there and in what number that they are there, if that is exhibiting a healthy wetland or not, and is it meeting these certain permit criterias. So just performing my job with integrity 
is kind of the best way I can do my job essentially. And don't always agree with, you know, certain requirements, but at the end of the day, I'm not the one imposing their regulations, at least at this point in my career. So the best thing I can do is just provide what I'm asked for and, and do that in a timely and efficient manner. Um, so there kind of is this degree of control. Do you enjoy surveying wetlands and spending that time in the nature? I don't always love my job, as I say, but I find the work meaningful. And in some ways, I think that's, that's more important. Quite frequently working outside in Florida is highly frustrating and often scary. I am a big scaredy cat. So kind of every day I have to go out and convince myself to be brave. And so a lot of times that's the biggest challenge in this career for me is to just put myself in scary situations. Are we talking gators? Are we talking strangers? Yeah, I'm talking talking wildlife. I'm talking murdered by someone because I'm alone in the middle of the woods. Um, I'm talking frustration from heat exhaustion. Mm -hmm. um, Because boy, oh boy, does that sun blaze down on you. Um, So it's like, I don't always love every part of what I do for my job, but I find it important to collect the data. I find it important to take um, a lot of what I do is vegetation monitoring and wetlands so like I need to know what the plants are and decide what concentrations they are in this plot that I'm taking Um, and that information is used to create reports that go back to government agencies and they're the ones that create the criteria so based on the data I collect I can tell them hey this this wetland's coming along great that had to be rebuilt because it was destroyed for x reason it's come along great it's meeting those permit requirements or sometimes it's like crap there's an invasive plant that's totally taking over it's not doing at all what we want um how are we going to bring this wetland back into permit criteria um how are we going to bring it back to doing what it's supposed to be doing for the environment like providing an important habitat so that's part of what I do. And another part of what I do is, uh, it sounds really basic, just like water sampling, but those water samples are creating a um, foundation of information for county governments to decide how they want to spend their money, where they want to spend their money, if their money on you know water improvement projects are going well or not. So some of the things I do seem like mundane, and simple or kind of overly difficult. It's kind of a really broad range uh, of feelings some days, but I I know the information that I am collecting helps people make informed decisions on the environment, which ultimately I think is one of the most important things that anybody can do on any topic is just having good data to make informed decisions because Mm -hmm. we need to be making decisions with purpose and intention especially these days, because we only have a few years to really change the tide and what we're doing on our climate. So any part that I can be in that chain is important. You know, we're all these kind of cogs and wheels in a system. So as long as I'm a good functioning part of that and what we're doing to monitor our climate and make decisions on 
land management, things like that, um, then I feel, feel pretty good about what I'm doing at the end of the day. And sometimes it's difficult and depressing work, but that is what binging Netflix shows are for, you know, just escaping into another reality for a while. Um, sometimes it can be really depressing to just be tuned in on the environment at all times of the day. So, um, you know, find a way to have a laugh is what I do. <laughs> just escape some way or another um, into a different place for a while is, is usually my, my, best, my best coping technique. I agree. I think that's why we also get along so well. My only pretty much coping mechanism is escapism. And that's mm-hmm. probably why I've watched 80% of the shows on Netflix and yes. Amazon Prime and Hulu and whatever streaming platforms you may have been there, yes. done that. Just... Yeah, so far it's um, it's been cheaper than therapy. So not that I've gotten therapy, but that was one of my, my 2021 goals this year is because I believe that everyone needs therapy. So mm-hmm. maybe I should go to therapy. <laughs> And now they have virtual therapy options, which that's the biggest challenge for me uh, in my job is just trying to schedule anything because having field work as 95% of your job makes just scheduling like a dentist appointment so, so, so chaotic. So anything I can do virtually would be great. So yep. uh, maybe this will be a, like a time capsule episode and Hannah pre and post therapy at some point. <laughs> yes, I'm completely the same way. Whenever I have anything going on, I'm someone who ignores my emotion, just buries it deep down inside. You know, I'm a Libra, weighing of the scales, emotion kind of outweighs intelligence. Like I logically know I should not be emotional about something, but you know, I still have feelings. So let's be like, you know what? Let's bury that down. What's what's new on Netflix? What are we watching today? Yeah, what's what's hot these days? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm currently at a point in my life where I have... um, like emotional awareness about how, like what I'm feeling, maybe why I'm feeling it, but I feel like I don't have the emotional intelligence to redirect those feelings or change those feelings or deal with those feelings in a positive way. So I'm kind of at this, this weird place of like recognizing like maybe some toxic habits, but currently not having like the ability to actively shift them kind of just like oh yeah I am doing these these bad things uh or having these bad reactions yeah I feel like most of the time I'm my own therapist I will like just sit and have a conversation with myself in my head I'll be like I'm feeling this way and then like the other half of me be like why are you feeling this way be like, <laughs> because this happened and you're like "Ooh, that's right that's valid you be you should be feeling that way because this happened and I'll be like okay yeah. and that it's just over like your feelings are valid but validating my feelings is not dealing with them yeah I think that's 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 definitely a good point uh, it's <laughs> It's like telling you that your feelings are valid, but then like, okay, well, um, just because these feelings are valid, like, how do we move past these feelings of like anger or sorrow or uh, depression? Like just recognizing that they're there is is definitely like a really good first step, Mm -hmm. but not having that kind of knowledge base to get past them is because I don't want to be a person that just constantly escapes into Netflix because um, then that like 
comes back on me in other ways later where it's like, well, now I'm super stressed out because I avoided all of these things. And so I kind of want to avoid the roller coaster that I purposely hitch myself to. Um, Kind of like my constant goal throughout life is to find, find ways to become stable. Um, Like what brings me stability? Um, and I'm currently just like not, not, not achieving some of those goals. <laughs> I just, I just know visual clutter is um, like a trigger for me when I'm feeling stressed out about other things. It's like I, I take it out on visual clutter. And so it's like, I'll be fine. Like having clothes on the bathroom floor, like all week, but then something else sets off stress. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, why are these here? Why is this this way? I'm such a mess. I hate myself. Bah, bah, bah. So it's like, I'm always like setting myself up for failure by not doing things that I know will make my life easier later mm-hmm. by just like letting them get out of control. And um, then it's, like giving me a pathway to like self-hate essentially. And I know I'm like super duper hard on myself. So it's like by not doing something, I'm giving myself an excuse to like be really hard on myself at a later date and situation. So then I'm not dealing with the stress of that situation. I'm just like back in my comfortable zone of like, I hate myself and I hate what I've done instead of being like, how about I just solve the actual problem and not, go into this deep hole within myself yeah I feel that so hard it's so easy to because whenever I do something it's normally not for myself it's normally for someone else because I just need some sort of accountability because if Mm -hmm. I do something for myself I will not do it and then I'll feel like shit for not doing it and then I'll get angry at myself for not doing it so Mm -hmm. therefore I can't do anything because I just know at the end of the day, I'm just going to disappoint myself. So if I have someone else that can like, I, I can disappoint, I feel bad if I disappoint them because someone else is involved. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough spot to put yourself in. It's like, again, you're setting yourself up for failure because mm-hmm. you've already decided from the get-go, like you're not worthy of your own time. Like someone else is worthy of your time and you'll do like something for someone else to make sure that they're all good. But like the very first thing is that you've decided that you're not worthy enough to spend the time on yourself, but then unhappy with yourself because you've also not done that thing for yourself. So it's like, you're not even going into it with the right mindset. Yeah. It's kind of like you've already decided that you failed. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's why I don't actively look for jobs. Like I know that I'm the only one who's going to benefit from me actually finding a job and like a career that is stable Mm -hmm. versus me doing side projects like this or my other podcast or whatever it is because other people are depending on me it like forces me to do it versus Mm -hmm. just me opening up indeed looking for a job because I know I don't know what I want to do so why even look you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's kind of like you know what would make someone else happy because they're telling you what will make them happy. But it mm-hmm. sounds like you don't know what's going to make you happy. And you're currently at a place where um, you're like not willing to address that. Like those feelings are too like scary. It's like too big of a deep end to jump into of what makes me happy. So it's yeah. just a lot easier to 
like fix other people's happiness issues yeah because they're upfront about it and like hey i need this from you and i'm like heck yeah i'm not doing anything i'll do it but me it's I'm like, like this the, is what i need from you blaze and i'm like i can't it's i not can't do, give it to you it's a uh, self-procrastination yeah you're procrastinating on your own life and your own self because mm-hmm. it's a, you're getting that that outside gratification from someone else saying oh my god thank you so much thank you so much for doing that for, to me like you're, you're so great so you're getting your jollies off in the wrong place young I know. lady that's always you're been looking the case man for it from the outside you need to be looking within i know that sounded hashtag deep <laughs> it did and i felt it <laughs> i hope you felt it hardcore and uh we're probably both people that like deal with uncomfortable situations with comedy our whole friendship's pretty much based on it <laughs> <laughs> cracking jokes instead of cracking down on our that's own right. feelings <laughs> that's why we're the funniest people we know because we definitely situations yes because we just have this deep deep pit of self-hatred that we're not uh, willing to deal with <laughs> laughing through the pain laughing through the pain we can write a song together if you're feeling sorrow or strife laugh your way through life <laughs> but yes be kind to earth be kind to yourself be a nice human and that means also like be a good homo sapien which is just one of the many species that live on this planet yes there's other intelligent life out there so it's not just only us so just kind of look for and appreciate intelligence where you can see it i know guilting yourself over like something coming in plastic film is really hard not to do uh, so blame the man it's not you it's the man and uh to uh demand better from the companies that operate in this country and from the political organizations that oversee it did you want to end with a quote or rephrase your quote that you said before i actually chose a specific quote that I have on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's one of my favorite t-shirt, but it's a quote by Olivia Goldsmith. And it says, you can preach a better sermon with your life than with your lips. So mm. um, it's kind of all about, don't be a hypocrite, you know, do the things in your life just by doing them through action and showing it that way versus just, just talking about it. It's a motivating quote for me. It's like, don't just, don't just talk about what's wrong with this planet. Like, be a part of the solution yeah i like that that was nice thanks my quote for the day is by william arthur ward he said blessed is he who has learned to admire but not envy to follow but not imitate to praise but not flatter and to lead but not manipulate i think that's good it's kind of like a quote on um on balance Find the balance of what you can manage to do better in your own personal life and try not to be too hard on yourself when uh, yeah. Control you feel like you're failing. Levels. Exactly. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for sitting down with me and talking about Earth things and our friendship and whatever else <laughs> we talked about today. We it really, was a wild ride. <laughs> we really covered it on. Um, I didn't even go on like one feminist rant today, so... I'm super proud of myself. <laughs> hey, I love feminism. We stand feminism here. Oh, I'll, I'll save that for another day. I 
tried to bring real earth Hannah to today's podcast. Um, we can meet a spicy feminist Hannah, maybe on another day. Oh, I love it. I love spicy feminist Hannah. Love to see it. A huge thank you to Hannah for having this conversation with me. Huge thank you to you guys for listening week after week. I really appreciate all the support. Tune in next Thursday for the last episode of the first season of my podcast. I've really enjoyed doing all these and a friendly reminder to just have these open and honest conversations with your friends. It's just, I think it'll really surprise you what the outcome is. I've benefited a lot from having these conversations and I hope some of you have too. If you haven't already, feel free to follow me on Instagram at LYFS Podcast. And until next Thursday, just a reminder to love your future self. <laughs>